Good morning. This is uh, AB, and this is the Talk About God podcast. And Father, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize now. So please forgive me. First of all, thank you. Thank you for waking me. Thank you for the sleep you gave me. Um, thank you for all that you helped me accomplish yesterday. And um, thank you for your word. Thank you for our home and our family and, of course, heat, which is something that we so readily take for granted, um, and running water, clean running water. Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for the friends that have become family, um, the family that's also become friends that you've put around us um, to continue to guide us and help us through anything that comes. So I thank you so much for that. Um, I pray that you please forgive me because I am always a negative nilly when it comes to your word. I feel like, um, the book of numbers is, it is difficult, but it's so rich, right? You give so many more details. Um, rather you inspired Moses to give so many more details in this book. So I thank you for it. Um, I pray that you help me to not be like the Israelites, right? Please help me to be more like Jesus um, than like them. I thank you because I got to see him this morning in your text and it always makes me happy. Um, so I thank you so much for that. I pray that you guide me through it. Please do not let me lead anyone astray, um, myself included. And I pray that you be with me in this day. Help me to be a blessing to someone else, Lord. And please, please, please help me to know you better. In Jesus' amazing name I pray. Amen. So, first and foremost, um, the book of Numbers, we know, started out numbering all the uh, Israelites, not Egyptians. So, in doing so, it does start out really (laughs) kind of rough, repetitive, that's what it is. It's repetitive. Um, But we get to the seventh chapter, it's offerings of the leaders. This, quite literally, I get it, it's totally... Um, it continues on. It doesn't, it's still accounting. Um, so it goes through all of the different leaders of the tribes and the clans and what they bring as offering. Um, there wasn't much, um, excitement at all in this book that stood out to me. It was just listing over and over and over. Um, we get to chapter eight, which is the seven lamps. It, legitimately is as it sounds it talks about the seven lamps and how they're made um and what their purpose is talks about how the how the levites are cleansed um for their their work they have to be ceremonially clean because of course we don't want them to die right serving the lord um he again explains how he struck down every firstborn in the land of egypt and he sanctified and set the israelites apart for himself and he's taken the levites instead of every firstborn among the israelites um so there there is that now he does speak about retirement which i find so interesting um i feel like it's something that our culture kind of struggles with like it's this wonderful thing that we all hope we attain but we many never really do. Um, so even the Levites got to retire and this is what it says. Um, it is numbers eight, verse 24. This is what applies to the Levites from 25 years old 
and upward, they shall enter to perform service in the work of the tent of meeting. But at the age of 50 years, they shall retire from the service of the tabernacle um, and serve no longer. They may assist their brothers in the tent of meeting to keep obligation, but they shall not do any heavy or difficult work. Thus, you shall deal with the Levites concerning their obligation. We get to book nine, or chapter nine rather, and it again talks about Passover. I like the repetition because it tells me how important it is. Passover is very, very, very important. Um, One thing that I think a lot miss is this cloud over the tabernacle. So before they built the tabernacle, the cloud would go before them and behind them, and that's just where it would stay. It would keep them safe and, and all that. After building the tabernacle, God gave them the camps. He gave them an army. He has instructed them where they sleep, how they sleep, um, and all of those things uh, to better protect one another. And so he stays in the middle of the camp at the tabernacle. So on the day that the tabernacle was erected, this is Numbers 9, verse 15, the cloud of God's presence covered the tabernacle, also known as the tent of testimony. And in the evening, it was over the tabernacle, appearing like a pillar of fire until morning. So it it was continuously. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, afterwards the Israelites would set out in in the place where the cloud stopped. There the Israelites will camp. So there's a tent in the middle of a bunch of people the cloud would move from the middle over to one edge, like past the people to one side of the camp. That was their um, sign that they needed to pack up, get ready, go follow that cloud. Or fire, pillar of fire. I mean, it would day or night, did not matter. So it says sometimes the cloud would remain only a few days over the tabernacle. Um, and I'm, I'm skipping through here, so please, this is not word for word right now. Um, sometimes from evening until morning. Sometimes it was um, two days or a month or a year. So it was varied. Um, just depending on what, what God said. So then the silver trumpets, um, God has them make silver trumpets too, to be exact. Um, this is Numbers chapter 10. When both are blown, all the congregation, that is all the adult males, yay, shall gather before you at the doorway of the tent of meeting. However, if a single trumpet is blown, then the leaders, the heads of the tribes of Israel, shall gather themselves um, to you. So it's it's nice that he's, he's giving them means of communication over all these people, I mean, obviously you can't just text somebody and be like, Hey, come here. This is, this is some distance. Um, now one thing I didn't realize. So we know back in Exodus that Moses's father-in-law, right? Came and that's why he was like, Hey, you need to set up these, um, elders. You need, you need a council of sorts. You need, you need judges, Um, so that you can be, you know, the one who deals with the things that they can't, but they can deal with all the small things. So I didn't realize that his brother-in-law stayed 
didn't know his brother-in-law even came. But in Numbers 10, verse 29, Moses said to Hoabab, the son of Ruel, Ruel um, Moses' father-in-law, we are going to a place which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will be good to you. For the Lord has promised good things concerning Israel. But Hoabab, Moses' brother-in-law, said to him, I will not go. I will return to my own land, to my family. Then Moses kind of, I think, I feel like he kind of freaks out a little bit. Um... And he's like, please do not leave us for you know how, oh my goodness, you know how we are to camp in the wilderness and you will serve as eyes for us as we make our trek through the desert. So if you will go with us, it shall be whatever good the Lord does for us. He will do the same for you. Now my footnote here says that the text doesn't say so, but Hoabab seems to have remained with the Israelites for later in history shows that his descendants lived in Canaan. So he continued on with them. Um, and as always, I, at first upon reading this thought that this was an overlapping, um, of the book of Exodus, right? I, I didn't really, I thought surely, surely not again, because they did complain previously and God did give them meat. Remember they complained that they just ate manna and they wanted meat. Well, guess what? They do it again. So the people complain. This is chapter 11. The people became like those who complain and whine about their hardships. And the Lord heard it. And when he heard it, his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and devoured those in the outlying parts of the camp. He straight out burnt them up. So sick at this point of listening to these people complain. that he's like, fine, just die. So the people cried out to Moses. And Moses prayed to the Lord. And the fire died out. Um, it goes on to say that the rabble among them who followed Israel from Egypt had greedy desires for familiar and delicious food. Now, I have never heard the word rabble, R-A-B-B-L-E. Um, so I, I looked at my handy dandy footnotes and it says a unique word found only here in the Old Testament. It refers to the mixed multitude of non-Israelites who joined in the Exodus. This is news to me. I had never in my life heard that only, like, I always thought only the Israelites left. But apparently they took friends. Um, which I don't blame them. I mean, if there are other slaves and they're able to get out, I would have gotten out of Egypt too. This, to me, says that God is inclusive. Right? He loves all. He didn't kick them out. He has let them be a part of his family, of his tribe, which I find very interesting because at that point, they, I assume, have converted and done everything necessary, including circumcision in order to be there. Um, but they were not, I mean, they were born Gentiles um, because they weren't born Jewish. And here, this tells me God allowed them to come with. God did not just save um, those who were born to be Jew, um, but also he saved some Gentiles, which I found very interesting. But it does say the rabble among them had greedy desires and the Israelites wept again and said, so I don't know if the rabble are the ones who kind of started this mess and stirred them up. I would suspect probably so. Why would you mention it? Right. If it isn't but, you know, 
We'll find out eventually. Um, who will give us meat to eat? This is Numbers 11, yeah. Verse, picking back up in verse 5. We remember the fish we ate freely and ate without cost in Egypt. This are the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, onions, and garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There is nothing at all in the way of food to be seen but this manna. The manna was like coriander seed. It looked like bedlam. The people went out and gathered it, ground it in mills, or beat it in mortars, and boiled it in pots. They made cakes with it, and it tastes like cakes baked with fresh olive oil. So, one, I love the um, extra detail here. But, man, they like to complain, right? This is not just a simple, hey, can we please have some meat? Like, really, really please. Like, I would really love some meat. No, this is, remember when we ate freely? without cost in Egypt, this is them looking back and saying, I'm not grateful for what you've done for me. And on top of it, I'm going to complain about how amazing you are that you've been feeding me food that didn't exist, right? You have been feeding me from heaven and that's not good enough. This to me feels like a very, very serious insult. Um, and of course, Moses heard the people weeping and self-pity um, through their families, every man, throughout their families, every man at the doorway of his tent. And the anger of Lord, goodness, excuse me, blazed hotly. Moses regard, regarded their behavior as evil. So it was evil in Moses' sight. Um, which I can kind of see it, like knowing all that God had done for them. And I get that they don't speak with God directly, but you've seen his pillar. You see the cloud, you see the fire. I don't understand. You literally, literally at this point have seen him burn people out on the outlying skirts of the camp for their just complete selfishness, right? And just... It was oh, unbelievably rude, and I don't really have the words um, for it. But, I mean, it's a complete lack of thankfulness, obviously. And so, Moses does his own whining, right? Because, I mean, the people, the Israelites can't moan without Moses getting to moan a little too. So... He says to the Lord, why have you been so hard on your servant? Why have I not found favor in your sight? You've placed this burden with all these people on me. Who Was it I who conceived all these people? Was it I who brought them forth? That you say to me, carry them on your arms as a nurse carries a nursing infant to the land which you swore to their fathers. Where am I to get meat for all these people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat so that they may eat. Am I not... I am not able to carry all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. So if this is the way you're going to deal with me, please just kill me at once. I have, if I've found favor in your sight, do not let me see this wretchedness. He is done, right? I feel like this is, this is Moses and it's titled the complaint of Moses. I feel like Moses just kind of has a little break here and he's like, these people suck. Um, sorry, that's probably not a wonderful word. Um, I know I get in trouble when I use that word with my husband. So sorry. Um, but they do. Anyway, so 
I got confused here because then God appoints 70 elders to assist. He says, gather to me. This is chapter 16 of, um, I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse 16. And he says, gather 70 men from the elders. Bring them here. Let them stand with you. I'll come down. I'll speak with you there. I will take away some of the spirit who is upon you. Get this. Ready? And I will put him upon them. I will take this, some of the spirit who is upon you. It's not that is. It is who is upon you. And I will put him upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to bear it alone. Now, we know back in Exodus, he already set up people, right? He already set up a group. I don't remember if it was 70 or not. This is a separate. This is separate. This is different. Um... This in the footnote says a council of 70 elders had existed the year before. Okay. So it was 70, um, previously that was set up in Exodus. It appears to be the source of the Sanhedrin, the highest Jewish assembly for government in the time of our Lord, usually translated council. So this is separate. This is not just judges. This is a whole council. Like he's like, you need more people to help you deal with these crazies. So not only are you going to have judges, so that he had the 70 judges, and those judges, um, from my understanding, didn't have the, the Holy Spirit on them. This whole this is the Holy Spirit we're talking about here, which is exciting. I love it. Um, I personally believe, and it's, this is just me personally believing, this is not factual, this is not proven. Um, I think that Jesus is that cloud. I think Jesus is appearing in the form of the pillar um, because he always gives us a visual representation of God, right? I feel like he's, that's Jesus. I feel like God is still God and God is probably still speaking to Moses. Um, and then I feel like this, this is the Holy Spirit and I could be totally wrong and I would love to discuss it with anybody who's willing to discuss it with me. Cause I feel like it would be lots of fun. Um, but anyway, so he goes on, and I love this. This is my sarcastic father, okay? This, and I feel like this is Moses. Yeah, he goes, Moses is saying this to the people. Well, it says, let's see, let's back up. Verse 18, say to the people, consecrate separate as holy yourselves. For tomorrow you shall eat meat, for you have wept in self-pity and tears of the Lord, saying, who would give us meat to eat? For we were well off in Egypt, therefore the Lord will give you meat to eat. You shall eat. And it, yeah, this is God. You shall eat not only one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten, nor twenty, but a whole month until it comes out your nostrils and is disgusting to you, because you have rejected and despised the Lord who is among you. You have wept in self-pity before him, saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? God got mad. Rightfully so. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Um... <laughs> there's a lot i'm sorry i'm trying to finish it up so moses doubts because hello have we not noticed that moses has a tendency to doubt and he's like should the flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to be sufficient all the fish in the sea collected to be sufficient he's like this is a lot of people how the heck am i gonna feed all these people he forgets who he's dealing with just like the israelites do the thing is about moses is moses is actually a humble man right he 
he's gentle, he's kind, he's devoid of self-righteousness. He is a humble man. And so God deals more gently with Moses because it's rare for Moses to complain. And this is, I don't necessarily think it's really Moses doubting as much as Moses forgetting who it is that he is working with, right? It is Moses still feeling like he has to do all of these things on his own when really he, all he's got to do is rely on God, right? Um, so the Lord says to Moses, and this is Numbers eleven twenty three, is it the Lord is the Lord's hand limited? You shall see now whether my word will come to pass for you or not. And God's just basically like, I'll show you. Just don't even worry about it. Um, so, Lord came down um, with the elders. So he, the, all the elders are st- around the tabernacle. Lord comes down. The spirit who was upon Moses, he took some of the spirit. And put him upon the 70 elders. When the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, praising God and declaring his will, but they did not do it again. Now there were among those who had been registered, but had not gone to the tent and they prophesied in the camp. I was so intrigued. Um, so a young man came running and telling Moses, um, these two are prophesying in the camp and Joshua, the son of Nun, the attendant of Moses' youth said, my Lord, Moses, please stop them. So the funny thing is here, this is a fence, y'all. So these, these guys, Joshua and this other young man, see Elided and Medad um, prophesying and praising God, right? And they're like, no, 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 no. Only Moses is able to do that. So they go running and they get offended for Moses, right? And here's Moses' um, response. Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Moses is like, why are you upset about this? I'm not. I would love for each and every one of you to prophesy. This is not special for me. Don't be jealous for my sake. Oh my gosh. Like, hello. We could all take some of this. Um some of this advice from Moses here. Stop being jealous for the sake of others. Let those people be jealous for themselves and then, you know, help them work through it. But don't get offended and jealous for someone else. Like this is just insanity. Anyway, sorry, totally random, uh, separate problem. Anyway, so God sends quails, lots and lots of quails, three feet deep on the surface of the ground quails. That's a lot of quail. They gather it, they eat. While the meat was still between their teeth, this is Numbers eleven thirty three. 33. Um, before it was even chewed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he struck them with a very severe plague. So he just goes ahead and kills some more of them off because he is still like, oh, he's just fuming with them. Which, I mean, kind of makes sense. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm going to stop there oh, for the day. But it's a lot. It's a lot. And this is what, again, I I cannot stress enough. Like, this is Old Testament stuff. And like, hello, this is the first time I see offense. People getting offended for someone else. This mess is going on today. I mean, Jiminy Crickets. Um... If you're, yeah, anyway, we should stop letting, we should stop getting offended for other people. We should let those people tell us if they're offended. Um, On that topic, 
I was watching one of my favorite shows last night, right? And it's it's current. It's still actively like shooting and things today. Um, sorry, filming and things today. And so I was baffled at how woke it got. Because like seriously, I'm watching this and there was a statement that was made by an actress obviously like and it's not her personally like she was following the the lines that were given to her but they made me so incredibly sad for our culture so incredibly sad um for our culture and i guess what i'm i guess i'm going to have to find someone that i can talk to about it um that might be able to shed some light because this whole woke thing is making me crazy. Um, I don't, I don't understand it. We are all children of God, all of us. I don't doubt. I've already established that I think that there is, there is racism. I've seen it. There is. Um, I'm just baffled, still at how angry we are about slavery of the past that's dead and gone. And we're not fired up about the slavery that's happening right here and now. Everybody's so tore up about themselves that they're not worried about others anymore. And I'm just so incredibly confused. Um, I'm just confused. Like, why are we not taking that, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it into words. I'm just so confused. So anyway, if anybody can shed light on that, I would gladly take it and um, get in the word, get in the word, get in the word. And at that point, have a wonderful day. Drink some coffee. Be kind to one another. And just try really hard not to get offended. My goodness, just stop, y'all. Especially if it's for someone else. Like your own offense, if you're offended for yourself because of something that someone did to you personally, cool. Go ahead. I mean, think about it before you start complaining about it, but go ahead. But if you're upset about a situation that you are interpreting for someone else, stop it. In the words of my daughter, stop it now. Just stop.